What is up, everyone? My name is OJ Tucker, host of the OJ Tucker podcast, the only comedy tennis podcast that talks about our political and societal culture as a whole. My name is OJ Tucker, as the name would suggest. Happy Tuesday. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed your weekend, spending time with your family, your friends, watching the Indian Wells open as well. There's a little bit of news that we can get into for today. In terms of news outside of the tennis world, we can discuss. My role thoughts, my review on the new Hindi film, Tu Juti Me Makad. I watched this on Saturday in a pretty horrible movie theater. And uh, I want to give you my role thoughts on that. Um, it stars Ramir Kapoor and Shraddha Kapoor. Basically like a rom-com film. Uh, but I watched it and I want to give you my role thoughts on that. I also want to talk about the Oscars that happened last night. The overall cringe fest that was the Oscars why it's becoming very difficult to sit through it and why no one should uh, more importantly i didn't really watch the oscars last night i just saw it on twitter i'm like okay some cool things happen not to not do uh Deepika padukone uh announcing that not to not was performing uh and whatnot so that was cool but more but mostly the event was a snooze fest and if you didn't watch if you didn't look it through it on twitter um, I don't really blame you. So I'm here to recap it for you because uh, I certainly didn't watch it either. I just I just saw it. And I'm like, okay, I see what's happening. I see what's going on. Might as well talk about it without watching it. So we'll talk about the Oscars as well. Uh, and for, we'll end off with my wiki pick. So each and every week I recommend a book, a piece of art, a film, sometimes a special this week. Surprise, surprise. It's a special that I really enjoy that I think you guys will enjoy as well. Uh, so that will be my wiki pick. But we'll first off, where we'll first off, or start off for today will be on tennis. So this will be more on off the court tennis news than say on the court. Obviously, the Indian Wells Open is currently happening. There are certain stars that are still playing, and obviously, as we all know, the second week of an ATP 1000 tournament is usually when the storylines get better. It's usually when it's more intensified. It's more enjoyable to watch. Um, and more importantly, just more noteworthy to watch than, say, the first week. Uh, so that's what I'll sort of focus on for next episode. You know, talk about the games that are happening, the matches that are happening, and maybe, who knows, maybe even recap the match that will be happening on Sunday. I don't think about I'll recap the match, but maybe on next week's Tuesday's podcast, next Tuesday's podcast, I'll recap it. Um, but overall, I do want to talk about news outside of the tennis world, but still within the tennis world. So off the court tennis news. So if you guys don't know, Wimbledon has decided to lift the ban on Russian and Belarusian players. So if you guys don't know, last year, Wimbledon got into some heat, deservedly so, for deciding to ban Russian and Belarusian uh, athletes from competing from their tournament from their tournament because of the Ukraine russia invasion and the ukraine russian war uh so obviously london has decided to decide with ukraine in this and because of that they decided to ban ukraine play uh ban russian players from playing at their events because of the russian invasion in ukraine so this is from the daily mail so russian players will be allowed to enter wimbledon this year after the all england club lifted its ban in the face of pressure from the tennis tours um Players from Russia and its ally Belarus, including former men's number one world men's world number one Dan- Daniel Medvedev and Australian Open women's champion Arina Sabalenka, were banned last summer after Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. But they will now return with strict conditions. It is understood that players will be kicked out of the tournament if they show any support for the invasion, and they are also set to compete under a neutral flag. 
All right, so I want to give you my overall thoughts on this because I've talked about this a lot last year. I feel like the two news stories off the tennis court that I talked a lot about last year were Novak Djokovic and his vaccine situation and Wimbledon banning players from Russian and Belarusian uh, from the Russian and Belarusian countries uh, from Russia and Bel- Belarus. I talked a lot a lot about that, but. I do think it's important to reiterate my overall thoughts on it because if they decide to lift the ban on Russian players, that's good. Uh, to say that they're going to compete under a neutral flag, that's where I draw the line. I don't think that's a good thing. And honestly, I, I, I don't even think that we should give them the benefit of the doubt for this because I to ban somebody from a country just because they're involved in an invasion and on the side of a war that you do not like or you do not support, to ban an entire group of people from competing on your tournament is to me the true definition of xenophobia. To ban an entire country's people from performing an event just because they're from a country that you do not support politically is the textbook definition of xenophobia. And if this was any other country, like, there would be outrage. There would be ire. There would be, there would be tons of scrutiny and hatred on social media. But because it's Russia, because they're an honor side of the war that people just don't seem to really support, it's completely fine. It's completely swept under the rug. And I just don't think that that's good. I just don't think that that's helpful in any way. At the end of the day, we should all allow individuals to compete at these tournaments, even if. They represent countries that we don't agree with politically because at the end of the day, it's a sporting event. Sporting events are the one thing where we should just agree to disagree and just let the best player win. And to not allow Russian players or Belarusian players to compete for their country, I just don't think that's the right way to go about things. Now, did they correct themselves? Sure. Nice. Now they're able to play. But to even say that they're going to compete under a neutral flag, it's like, no. Let them compete under their own flag. Let them compete under the under their country that allow, allow them to be the best tennis players that they could possibly be. It just makes no sense whatsoever. And again, if this was any other country, right? If this happened to a Nigerian tennis player from Nigeria or any other country within Africa, there will be so much hate on social media for it. There will be so much ire and so much outrage. But because it's Russia, because it's involved in the Ukraine-Russian invasion and the Ukraine-Russian war, it's completely fine. And, and not fine, I would say, but it's completely neutered. And it's just not right whatsoever. And honestly, this is Wimbledon, right? Wimbledon is a Grand Slam that happens in Great Britain. Do you, don't you find it a little bit weird that Great Britain, that the Grand Slam that represents Great Britain would be this gung-ho, would be this outraged over a country that is colonizing another country? Like, don't you think that that's a little bit weird that Great Britain would be the arbiter in what's okay and what's not okay? Like, again, Great Britain for 200, 300 years were in charge of of imperialism. They were in charge of, of pillaging neighborhoods and countries they were in charge of stealing resources artifacts and gems from certain countries and co-opted as their own this great britain was responsible for some of the worst decisions 
ever made in human history until I would say the 40s or 50s, 1940s, 1950s, back when you know it transitioned from Great Britain from being a superpower to then the United States being a superpower. Um, so the fact that they're the ones that are putting you know their fingers up and in pointing down on other people for invading other countries. To me, it's just so dumb because it just comes off so fabricated and it's just so false. Again, this is a country that stole artifacts from other from other countries that basically pillaged and, and, and ruined the lives of so many people. And they're the ones that are going to really shove their high finger and be like, oh, no, you can't play on a tournament. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, I, I, want, I, I think I said that, but I do want to say it's nice that they rescinded their ban from Russian and Belarusian players, but they shouldn't have never had that ban in the first place. I think that's what I'm trying to say here. I know I'm, I'm sort of going all over the place here. My apologies. But the overall point still remains the same where to ban an entire group of people from performing at your own Grand Slam just because of the actions of people that they have no associate association with or no control over and making decisions that they have no control over, it, it what are you exactly penalizing them for? They're not the ones that are fighting Ukrainian soldiers and, and killing them, right? They're not the ones that are doing that. In fact, a lot of the players on tour are against the war. I mean, Andrublev, after a tournament of his, I think after Rotterdam or after last year, after Rotterdam or after one of those small tournaments during this time, you know, he was like saying, no war, please. He wrote to the camera, no war, please. There's a lot of non-interventionist guys that are from Russia that do not want to have this war whatsoever. So to even, to even punish them by saying you can't compete under your own flag, I just hate it. I really do hate it. I mean, I think it's whitewashing. I think it's, I think to me, it's denying their heritage, denying their nationality. If this was any other person, if this was any other person who had a different skin color than white, I think this will draw fire and outrage as deservedly so. Um, and I just don't like it. I mean, if somebody said, oh, you can't represent your own flag. If, if I'm an American and somebody told me that I can't represent my own flag at an event, I don't I would skip that event you know I would say what are you doing here this is my this is how I grew up this is the country that I grew up in why are you trying to deny that it makes no sense at, whatsoever you know so again I just think that this is dumb I mean I really do think this is dumb to even I mean and again I want to be very vocal here it's not just Wimbledon that are that is making these players compete under a neutral flag, right? It's not just Wimbledon. It's many other tournaments out there that are following these barbaric laws in place so that so that people can be okay with watching them perform. And it's like, who's this benefiting? Like, like no one stops watching a tennis match just because they see a Russian flag on screen. No one does that. No one does it. Even Belarus. No one watches a tennis match and says, oh, no, they're competing for Russia and Belarus. Oh, no. The Ukraine war is happening. <laughs> like, no one says that. In fact, the majority of people, if you do, if you take a survey, the majority of people are just done with the Ukraine-Russia invasion storyline. No one cares about that anymore. No one focuses on that right now. But what people are focused on is 
you know, unemployment still happening. What people are really focused on is, you know, the inability to adequately put food on the table. Uh, the fact that insulin is so expensive that people are rationing insulin, that healthcare costs are, go are going through the roof, that we have multiple wars in place that we have no business being in and that we should be out of as soon as possible. These are the issues that people are really focused on right now. It's not Ukraine, Russia. It, they don't be, people do not care about Ukraine, Russia. You know, people are focused more on the 2023 elections and 2024 elections. You know, those, they're focused on that. You know, they're focused on the impending uh, banks that are collapsing, you know, the banks that are collapsing last week. You know, these are the issues that people are focused on, not on Wimbledon, Russia. Like, I just don't think people are this gung-ho about Russia, Ukraine, that, they're, that they will not watch a tournament if, they, if a player represents the Russia flag or the Belarus flag. I just don't think people's minds are opted like that. I don't think people's minds are geared like that. I don't know. It's just so dumb. It really is dumb to 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 punish somebody like this. Again, this is Daniel Medvedev, Andrew Rublev, Karen Koch. I mean, I think Karen Kochanov is also Russian. I might be wrong on that. But these are some great tennis players. And the fact that they're not able to compete on, at Wimbledon just because they were Russian. Again, I don't think people there was enough backlash to that last year. There were so many people that were like, oh, well, they represent Russia. Russia's invading Ukraine. What, what Russia's doing to Ukraine is inhumane, unjustified. I'm like, okay, if you believe that Russia is, is uh, Russian, Russia's attacks on Ukraine are unjustified, okay, so be it. But are you having that same outrage when the United States decides to bomb the living hell out of Syria, out of Libya, out of Yemen, out of... Afghanistan over the past 20 years or so before we ended the war with Afghanistan. I, I, do you have that same outrage when America decides to bomb the living hell out of these countries? If not, then your outrage is hypocritical to say at best. I, I just really hated it when I saw tennis commentators say that. I mean, I'm not going to say any names because, you know, I want them to be wrong and I don't want them to see this video, but I saw so many tennis commentators that were like, well, because they represent Russia, this is a good thing, actually. I'm like, no, stop capping for Wimbledon. I understand you want tennis commentator gigs. I understand that you realize that they have power, that they're the, mo they're the, that they're the biggest Grand Slam uh, that there is. But to cap this hard, to defend this Grand Slam's decision this hard, it's getting to the point of lunacy. It's getting to the point where you can't even think rationally about this topic. And I just really hated that. I really hated when I saw that happen and, and saw that transpire amongst tennis com commentators that I truly respected at that time. And then when I saw that, I'm like, oh, you, you are no different than the people that you're criticizing. Oh, you are no different than every other loony individual that has the most borderline establishment thoughts out there. You are no different than the establishment. You are no different than the general consensus of individuals that don't even represent the general consensus of people's opinions on this topic. It, it, to me, it was just so dumb. And again, I want to see, for me, like, I want to see Russian players don their Russian flag. I want to see Russian, I want to see Belarus players don their Belarus flag. I just think this, the, the, this whole thing is a sham. It, it entirely is a sham. And to get to this point, 
where people cannot proudly support their own country. Understand that there's a difference between a country's actions and the individual who represents those countries' actions. There is a difference to that. And if you don't think that there is, you're just dumb. You're just a dumb person. Uh, so again, I think Wimbledon, what they did last year was bad. It was disgusting. It was vile. It is the textbook definition of xenophobia, hating on another person just because of the country that they're from. And if this was any other country, there would be outrage. If this, ha- if this, if this happened in 2003 to American athletes after the 2003 U.S. invasion of Iraq, there would be outrage out the wazoo by Americans, by the media, by all media in general. There would be outrage because it's Russia, because of the people that are in charge of Russia, because of Putin, because of the affiliations that Ukraine has with these individuals. It's completely fine and sort of on the rug. And again, I think I think I mentioned this before, but there's something fishy with Ukraine. There's something fishy. I don't know if it's like a tax haven. I don't know if it's a country where they just give sons of politicians jobs and careers. Maybe that's the reason why people are so, so much in favor of Ukraine and that they're willing to spend billions, if not millions, if not billions of dollars in, U- in Ukraine aid. I have no idea what's the reasoning behind this much support for Ukraine, but it, it it's dystopian. It, it really is. It, it's it's getting to that point now where you just have to laugh at it because it's just so dumb. It really is. Um, so yeah, overall, those are my thoughts on Wilden deciding to rescind its ban on Ukraine and Russia. Overall, it's a good thing, but they should have never had that ban in the first place. And to even make them compete under a neutral flag, I think that there should, that there should still be outrage for that as well as every other t- tournament that still has that in place. Let them represent their country. Even if it's even if the if even if there's outrage to that, at least they're still watching it. Don't you want eyeballs? Don't you want views? Don't you want people to talk about tennis, a, t- a sport that people really don't talk about? I don't know. I don't know. People are dumb. Wimbledon's dumb. You know, I, I know people. I know tennis commentators are afraid to say that because you know they want to have a gig with Wimbledon. They think that if they're they're if they cap this hard or cape this hard for Wimbledon that they'll, you know, get a gig out of it or they'll, you know, find a lucrative contract with them. But I can't. I got to be honest here. I got to be honest with you. You know, I mean, if, if they support Wimbledon this hard, they think that they will get a job or a gig uh, announcing some minuscule, you know, match that will be happening on court 10. I don't care about that. You know, I, I want to be honest about it. I want to be genuine about my th- thoughts on it. I know I'm not just doing this because I want a job with a tennis tournament. Like, oh, that'd be nice. Don't get me wrong. That'd be nice. But that's not the overall intent for this podcast. It's to be honest about my thoughts. And if people are like that, then I'm sorry. But I, I just can't operate like that. I just can't. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for the tennis news for today. Let's get into news outside of tennis world, shall we? So the Oscars happened last night and it was boring. It was very boring. I watched a little bit of it and then I watched, 
I, I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, this is way better. Like, why watch it live? Why watch it live and see all these celebrities, all these actors give these horribly planned out, well-acted speeches that make them even less human than they, than they actually are? <laughs> why watch it? Like, why do that? Um, so, yeah, the Oscars happened last, uh, yesterday. I think it was like a three-hour event. ended around like 11. Three hours is way too much for an award show. Like, just announce the awards and get on with it. Because for me, like, I actually watch some of these movies. And obviously, some of these films are really good. Um, but it's, to me, it's like the overall glitz and glamour that make me side-eye it heavily. I enjoy movies. I enjoy films. And I think films should be appreciated for what they are. But when you see the whole dog and pony show that it's the Oscars, how can you look at it and think to yourself, yeah, I love it. I really enjoy what they're doing. And I really think that these horribly cheesy things that are in this award show help out the movies. Like it does. It's not like that at all. Um, I saw Kihu Kwan. Hopefully I'm saying his name right. Uh, won an Oscar. And... Every time I saw him at some award show this year, whether it was like Oscars or SAG, all he would do was just cry. I'm like, bro, the more you cry when you win an award, the less meaningful it makes the audience think it is. All right, if you're crying over the SAG Awards, no offense to the SAG Awards, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure it's a great organization. Uh, But if you're crying over the SAG Awards and then cry during the Oscars, it's like, you're, that's downplaying the Oscars heavily. If you cry during the SAG Awards, it, you're downplaying the role of the Oscars so much. Uh, but again, congrats to him for winning it. I did not watch everything everywhere all at once. I did not watch that movie. I think that's the one movie where I will continue to say I have not watched it. Uh, I think this is the last time that I will say that because once the Oscars are over, like the it, no one really cares about it. Right? No one cares about the awards. Uh, so yeah, overall he won. He he cried. Um, I don't hate him. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I don't hate him. I think he's an okay dude. Uh, but I just don't like all these individuals being like, I'm the first Asian to win this Oscar. I'm like, don't don't just push yourself down like that, right? Don't say don't just say that you're another check on the box. Don't say that oh, I'm I'm the diversity winner. Like don't do that. Don't say that. Be like I won this, I deserved it and I'll win more. Like be cocky up on stage. Don't be like, "Oh, I'm I represent the diversity quota on this show." Don't do that. It's just don't don't subject yourself to that level, to that level. It just makes it it just makes it come off as like the only reason as to why you want it was is because of your race and it's just it doesn't make any sense to say that when you when you say that that's what people imply and it's just it's just wrong just say that hey i won this and i deserved it end it you know don't don't go into this whole spiel about like i'm the first asian who's won this it means so much to me it it, it just makes no sense just do your thing you know just win it say your thanks congratulate your agent congratulate your parents and then go off on your merry way because that's what people want you know limit uh, limit your speeches to like less than 30 seconds at most or less than a minute at, at the very most at less than a minute it makes no sense to go on and on and on about like we need more diversity we need more you know inclusivity it, it's like 
just make good films. Like that's the focus. Don't focus on like forced diversity. Diversity for the sake of diversity is misrepresentation. Do not just do things for the sake of diversity. It makes no sense to do that. Make good quality films and people will enjoy it. You know, so focus on that. Don't focus on like, oh, we got to have a trans person here. Oh, we need to have an Asian person here. If that Asian person has a good role, then he'll win an award. It'll be so much good for our production company. Don't think like that. Think of who's the best part in the film and go off that. And maybe that's what Kihu Kwan was. I'm sure it was. He won an Oscar. But I'm just saying, if you're an actor, don't even focus on that. Be like, hey, I won this. I deserve it. And I can't wait to win more awards with the with the more performances that I have in these films. That's what that's what you should do. Not you know focus on this like I'm the first Asian. Like don't don't. But yeah, I do like Ki Hoo Kwan. Like, I I do like him. He seems like a nice guy. Uh, I just thought that the, that speech was a little weird. Uh, Deepika Padukone uh, represented uh, presented Natu Natu. There was like a Natu Natu performance. Obviously, if you don't know Natu Natu, the Telugu song from RRR uh, was on stage, and they did that uh, performance. That they did that song as well as the dance, and it was nice. I really enjoyed it. And Deepika Padukone, I, I thought she did an incredible job at representing Indian cinema. I really did think she did a great job at that because. It's very difficult to go up on stage as an Indian and and to be authentic, right? It's very difficult to do that. You know, it's you often see like a lot of Indian people, you know, just go up on stage and put their American accent, which again, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Again, I know a lot of people that have an American accent, right? Like I, my mom has an American accent when she talks to white people. So it's like, it's part of our culture. But I'm just saying that it's nice to see somebody, you know, who just comes up there authentically uh genuinely stating that this is a telugu film that you know this film documents these two revolutionaries and how they were able to fight and fend off the british raj and i just thought that she did it with such class with such admiration for the film that it really comes across on screen and it's just so difficult to represent your own country well and the fact that she was able to do that in that graceful of a way and that beautiful way i mean it really goes to show you the class of Deepika Padukone. you know again this is the same person that was basically m- mobbed by the boycott gang when patan was released when that item song bishon rung was released this was the same person that was dealing with like the outrage online and in person off of that and the fact that she she was able to come off on the other side looking that much more powerful and that much more on on a higher footing and on, on on a higher level than all these other individuals that were criticizing her that to me shows class and yeah i just think that she's amazing i, I really do I mean, she's just such an amazing person so yeah um i, th- I thought that was very good and i thought the performance for Natu Natu was good Natu Natu did win for like best song uh, deservedly so, and honestly, thought RR should have won for best picture, or should have been at least nominated for best picture, because there are certain you know pic- uh, movies that are on for best picture that I'm like, there's no reason as to why that should be in it. No offense, but Avatar: The Way of Water looks like a nice film, and it's made over two billion dollars in the box office. Should it be nominated for the Oscars? I don't know. 
I don't know if a, if a movie that's made entirely based off CGI should have won an Oscar. I, I don't think so. And I don't even think the movie, no offense to anybody who made the movie, but to give it to a sequel of a big budget film that made over $2 billion. I mean, the Oscars should be a celebration of cinema. To give it to a movie that's made over $2 billion, is it really helping out cinema? Like, is it really... When you give an award for a film that's made purely through the lens of CGI, that is quite derivative, quite formulaic, and doesn't really offer anything new or exciting, should it really be considered for an Oscar? Especially when you add to the fact that there are films out there that are, have been exciting and invigorating that were nominated. I don't know. It just seems kind of dumb. But anyways, here are the winners for best. Here are the winners. So best picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Have not yet watched it, so I can't an- announce it. So I can't say that it's it's my pick. Uh, I really wish Tar won. I thought Tar was the be- was the best film out of that category. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. I think you could, you could give it. A, case for triangle nets of sadness i did not enjoy whatsoever so no uh banshee's been to share and i heard nothing but good things about it so uh i haven't watched it failman's i mean spielberg so you got to nominate it if it's spielberg but yeah overall i thought tar should have won uh i thought camp camp did a phenomenal job in that film uh best director daniel kwan and daniel schneider Scheinert for everything everywhere all at once uh i'm just, okay cool i understand best uh, director best picture often go hand in hand uh so i understand that best actor brendan fraser for the whale did not watch it um but it's a darren aronofsky film so obviously the lead actor is going to do well it's very rare when you see an actor or an actress not do well in a darren aronofsky film i remember i saw the mother in working for a dream not win it I'm like, there, there's no reason as to why she should not have won it. She did exceptionally well in that film. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a Darren Aronofsky film. It's it's about to have good acting. So yeah, I mean, Austin Butler, I think he should have won, in my opinion, for Elvis. Um, he, I think he really put himself in that role. I uh, didn't watch After Sun, so Paul Mescal, I can't say anything about that. Colin Farrell, I like Colin Farrell, so I, I wouldn't mind it if he won for Banshees, but I didn't I didn't watch it either, so I can't really say it. Uh, best actress Michelle Yeoh. I don't. Uh, I, I the 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 thing that I said about Kehu Kwan, I I meant that for Michelle Yeoh, but times a hundred. Uh, so everything that I said about Kehu Kwan, I meant about Michelle Yeoh because I saw her on on NME, like I saw her repost that enemy article where she was like where the article was like well yeah well it's been white women who have won this award over the past 20 or so years asian women have have yet to win it you know kate blanchett while she had a good performance you know it'll be important for the oscars to make michelle yo win for asian representation i'm like stop making these actors win on the basis of their of their nationality and of their of their ethnicity Stop doing that. Stop it. it. You you devalue the award when that's the sole primary focus of why you're making these individuals win. If the only reason, if the only basis of their win is because of their ethnicity or their nationality, you're watering down the importance of that award. The award should be about best acting, best best the best actor, the best actress for their role. 
stop making it about their race and make your it just makes no sense i know meritocracy does not matter in acting i understand that i'm well aware of that right because there's a lot of actors that are not good whatsoever but they still get roles because of nepotism or because of uh the money that they bring or say how they look on screen but the oscars should focus on meritocracy don't focus on the nationality or the ethnicity of an individual focus on the actual work that they put in i don't know it just makes no sense to 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 make that the case so i i can't stand michelle i mean i can't stand michelle yo i just can't to me i thought k blanchett should have won Anna de Armas being nominated for Blonde is so laughable. She did not do great in that movie whatsoever. All of her lines were 80-yard. Uh, that movie was just a, a disgrace to Marilyn Monroe's name. Uh, Andrea Risenborough. I mean, I didn't watch Too Leslie. I don't think anyone has ever watched Too Leslie, but I just like how mad people are at the fact that that film was nominated. So I just like it, you know, because I, I do like outrage for that. But overall... Uh, Michelle Yeoh winning for everything, ever all at once. Okay, whatever. Uh, Michelle Williams was also nominated for The Fable Men's. I like Michelle Williams, but um, I didn't watch it, so I can't really give you my thoughts on it. Uh, let's get into Best Supporting Actor. Kehu Kwan won Everything, Ever All at Once. And then Best Supporting Actress. Jamie Lee Curtis won for Everything, Ever All at Once. Uh, apparently, people were, were rooting hard for uh, Angela Bassett. They were rooting very, very hard for Angela Bassett. Uh, unfortunately, she lost, and then Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors went up on stage and was like, we see you, Auntie, we're sorry, um, which I thought was quite nice. Um, but again, and she was nominated for a superhero movie, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're nominated for a superhero movie, you're not, you're not going to win an Oscar, as well as, as well as you shouldn't, because at the end of the day, superhero movies are just paydays for actors. It's not... There's not a lot of acting that goes into a superhero movie. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not. You know, the reason as to why people watch superhero movies is because of the CGI action scenes, corny dialogue from the MCU or DCEU, and that's why people watch it. And at, at, at the very most, people are, are deciding to not watch superhero movies anymore, as they shouldn't, because it is so bad. Um, but yeah, overall, Angela Bassett, I like Angela Bassett. I don't know if this is the movie that I would say should have got her an Oscar. Like, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, oh, Angela Bassett should have won an Oscar. I'm like, you know, the uh, Carrie Condon was also in it, right? You know that Jamie Lee Curtis also was in it, right? Like, these are, like, like Academy Award darlings, <laughs> you know? Like, Jamie Lee, Jamie, Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis is an Academy Award darling, right? She is a darling to, this, to these people. You know, and she's a great actor as well. So... Again, Angela Bassett, great actor, nice actor, but to be awarded for to be awarded for a superhero movie, that's a little bit too far fetched, and I don't disagree with the Oscars in the slightest about that. I really don't. Uh, but yeah, overall, Oscars. I I don't hate on the Oscars. Obviously, it's very easy to do so, but I can see why people are tuning out of it. I really can, and I wouldn't be shocked if this was the lowest Oscars rating ever. Uh, Obviously, the Will Smith slap definitely did help the ratings last year. Uh, and if the Oscars are smart, they would not have banned Will Smith. In fact, I, I would even go as far as to say if the Oscars wanted ratings, if they purely wanted ratings, 
They should have had Chris Rock and Will Smith announce the award for best documentary. Uh, that's what they should have done. Uh, and they should have hugged it out and, and made out. Uh, maybe not so much made out, but I'm just saying they should have done something, if not anything, uh, to, to elicit ratings. And they didn't do that. They dropped the ball on that. So... I don't know what's to come for the Oscars. I really don't. Uh, I think they whipped on their opportunity to generate ratings uh, based off the fact that they didn't have Will Smith or Chris Rock at the event or at the at the at the event. Uh, but I did enjoy. There's, if there's one thing I did enjoy, it was Jimmy Kimmel. Actually, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did an okay job at being a presenter for the Oscars. Obviously, he didn't kill. I mean, you don't kill in those environments, but I thought he did a decent enough job at this event. I know people hate on him. It's very easy to hate on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but to me, when I watched this, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did okay. Um, there was a one point in this in this um, award show where Jimmy Kimmel said, hey, if at any chance you happen to slap me, you probably win the Oscar for Best Actor. And I'm like, yeah, you probably would. And then he added a tag to it. was like, yeah, and even then, you'll probably give a 19-minute uh, speech where no one gives you the light. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, to me, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did well. Um, I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a good enough job at this event. And I thought he was like the only bright spot in this entire thing. And I know people hate on Jimmy Kimmel. It's very easy to hate on Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but... And the the thing the opinion of that I don't think it's necessarily wrong per se but you got to give him credit I thought he did okay um, again no one does well in these events no comedian does well in these events and and how can they I mean this it's a bunch of actors that are are basically just politicians who didn't go to a good enough college to be a politician that that's what actors are nowadays you know that's what actors are doing. Uh, they're just politicians who didn't go to, to good enough schools to become a politician, you know. Um, so, yeah, actors are basically just like that. You know, they're just individuals that, you know, are are gearing up for an award. They'll say and do the right things to get an award. And all of their thoughts and ideas are focus group to death. None of their thoughts or ideas are genuine. It's very rare to see... Uh, actor give his genuine thoughts on certain things because if somebody does give their genuine thought on things they could be blacklisted from attending events or being part of movies and i understand all that i'm i'm well aware of all that i understand the games that they have to play to be keeping up with the joneses um but i just want to see genuine thoughts i just want to see an actor just go off on somebody you know just on any other actor, I would love to see that. Like, be like, you know what? I, I worked with so and so. That person was a genuine diva on set. He sucked as an he sucked acting in that movie. All of his dialogue was written on the palm of his hand. Like, I want to see feuds. Like, where are the Hollywood feuds? You know, where are the scandals? Like, I want to see scandals. You know, that's the main reason as to why people like watching these awards because they want to see the feuds. They want to see the scandals. You know, that's what they saw last year, and they could have done it this year. You know, so I thought the Oscars whipped on the opportunity to have a Chris Rock or Will Smith at this event because it would have generated ratings. It would have gotten more people involved and interested in watching this event. So, yeah, I mean, I just thought that would have been helpful. 
so let's get into my next bit of discussion here. I, I think I talked about enough about that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time talking about two things that really don't matter. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, so let's get into my last, uh, my last topic before I get into my wiki pick. So I watched Tujuti Me Makar over this past weekend. And overall, it's a good film. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's the best film ever made, or even that of, say, a great film. But it is a good film, and I think it's well worth your time watching it. Uh, if you guys don't know, it's basically about this about Rambir Kapoor's character, who, does, who makes a business where he helps orchestrate breakups with individuals. And he does it so well uh, that during this time period, he also falls in love, and the person that he falls in love with calls him to orchestrate his own breakup. And that's where it gets interesting. Um, so yeah, that's basically the synopsis for the film. As you know, it's a sappy rom-com film. It's definitely a chick flick. It's definitely a film for for women. Obviously, men can enjoy it as well. But it's, it's, a, it's a rom-com. So you know what you're getting into when you're getting into this film. I enjoyed it. I thought there were some great performances. Obviously, Rambir Kapoor did really well in this film. Shraddha Kapoor also did well. Um, you know, it, there are parts where I didn't think that the film was that great. Um, I mean, I just didn't. Uh, I thought, I, I hate to nitpick here, but there are some plot inconsistencies with the film. Um, you know, there was poor CGI in a lot of in a lot of ways. There was poor CGI. Uh, there were some parts in the film that were great visually. I mean, that opening song sequence, Piar Hota Kai Barhe, was great. I mean, that entire opening sequence was great. It was shot really well. Um, there was a lot of effort into making it look pristine and clear as possible uh, to really glitz it up, to glamour it up. But in terms of, there are certain car scenes where they're sitting in the car where it was just clearly green screen. It felt like I was watching the Transformers where Megan Fox and Shia LaBeouf were in that car and you just saw like light beaming out of the window. That It felt like that in a lot of ways. Uh, so the CGI was not that great. As I mentioned with the plot, there were certain plot inconsistencies. Um, I don't want to spoil it. So if you don't want to spoil it, get into my next a chapter in the video. It's down in the description box below. So get into the next chapter where I talk about my leaky pick. Uh, but there were plot inconsistencies. Uh, one of the biggest, most glaring examples of plot inconsistencies is when Shraddha Kapoor's character calls Rambir Kapoor uh, to orchestrate the breakup. And you would think by then that she would know his voice, that his voice is exactly the voice of the person that he, she's currently seeing. But she doesn't pick up on that. And at no point does Rambir Kapoor's character like ever change up his voice at all. At no point, it's just it's as if they've never met before. It's as if they never had this relationship whatsoever. So there were inconsistencies with that with the plot, and I thought that was a big glaring example of it. And again, not to nitpick here, but there were part problems of of the film that I did have, like where Shraddha Kapoor. Again, spoiler, but she's not really happy with her relationship with the Rambir Kapoor's character because of um, the overall family situation at place. Um, you know, Rambir Kapoor's character is really much wants to do things with Shraddha Kapoor's character, with his family. And because of that, um, it creates a stain on the relationship. 
and she's not really able to effectively communicate her her problems with Ranbir Kapoor because of that. And I thought, if you're not able to do that, then how can this relationship go on, right? At the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, but they go back together. Um, they have children. They get married. And to me, when I saw that, I'm like, how can they have a healthy relationship, right? Like, if you're not able to really confide your own thoughts and genuine thoughts on your own relationship with somebody that you're currently seeing on a very minuscule thing like hanging out with your family, then how can that relationship build into a better one, right? Isn't that the sign of an unhealthy and toxic relationship when you can't actually give your own thoughts or, or, or feelings about a current thing that's happening? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm nitpicking here. Maybe I am. Um, but I just thought that that was very important to say. Uh, so overall, it's a good film. It's not a great film. And I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's like a... Yeah, I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's a great film. So... To Juti Memakad, it's a good film. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a great film, but I do think that it is a breath of fresh air amongst all of these action movies that are currently doing well in the Hindi film box office, right? So I think that this is a good film. Uh, and while I did have issues with the plot, with the CGI, I think it's well worth your time to watch it. If anything, go watch it for Pritam and Arijit Singh. Because their 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 soundtrack, their songs were obviously the best parts in the film. Um, so yeah, go watch it for those for those reasons. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall nice film. I wouldn't go. As, I mean, when I say it's not a great film, it's not like Tamasha, right? It's not like Tamasha. I, I have a soft spot for Ye Jawani, Ye Divani. I I do have a soft spot for that, just for the songs alone, and obviously the film is not that bad as well. Um, it's not as great as those, but it's still good. Uh, and I say this as a guy who doesn't even like watching rom-coms. I don't enjoy watching rom-coms. Um, I, I mean, at all. I just don't. But for Hindi films, for the Hindi film cinema, I enjoy watching it because I realize that, hey, it's genuine. It's authentic. You know, might as well enjoy it. Might as well support my own people, you know. Uh, so overall, nice film. Uh, go watch it if you haven't already. And I think in a lot of ways, if you're a person that doesn't isn't well versed in Hindi films, you would enjoy it as well. I mean, it's it's not as say like out there as say other films that occupy that same space, right? It's not. It doesn't go as hard as say your average like Dharma production film, right? It's not as like that extreme okay like it, it's it's good it's good so i know like this is like if, if you are not if, if you're not well versed in hindi films or don't know anything about hindi films skip to the next chapter right and this is not for you but for me like i watched this film and i enjoyed it uh i watched this in a really rundown theater uh really rundown theater really really i mean to say this movie theater was rundown would be an insult to movie theaters that are run down because it was just so bad. I was like on the last seat on the last row. It, it was so spread apart where the, you couldn't even like re like recline your seats. Like that's how bad this theater was, was that you couldn't even recline your seats. There was like popcorn everywhere. You know, it, it was it was so spread out where you couldn't even see like the subtitles up for it like there will be times where like the subtitles would be in white and it would be on like the the 
on a white car with a white roof and you'd be like you would have to like squint to see the punchline like to see the to see the subtitles um the the speaker was just blaring just sound it was just blaring like sound from i mean and obviously a speaker would blare sound out but it would just come out like so muffled and there would be times where there would be like a like a song on on screen and you would just hear like just the trumpet playing i'm like this is different than from what I heard from like my aux cord when I was like in the car, right? This is different from like the actual song. Like, why is it just only like a trumpet being played and nothing else? Uh, so yeah, it's it's rare to see Hindi films in the cinemas, especially where I'm from. So you, there's only like one or two theaters that actually run Hindi films, and because of that, it makes the selection process really difficult. It makes it very difficult to actually see a Hindi film or just a, a foreign language film in an actual theater that's actually cool and nice to be a part of. Um, and again, like I went to like the to the worst out of the two theaters, right? There's two theaters that run foreign language films in my state, and I went to the, to the worst out of the two. Uh, and mainly because of the fact that I had a comedy show the, the day of, and I couldn't find seats for earlier showing of that of that movie uh beforehand so because of that i had to watch it in this rundown theater and i did not enjoy it whatsoever um so yeah overall nice uh the comedy in the film was nice i really enjoyed it uh, i thought romeo kapoor's diatribe uh in the first act of the film uh, when they were in like europe or spain or i think europe i'll just say europe for a general sense uh, in the general sense of it uh, where they're in Europe and Rambirkapur goes on this diatribe. I thought that was very nice. Um, Anubhav Singh, I think that's his name. He's a comedian. I thought he did really well as well. Um, and he gave some good comedic chops and good comedic timing, as he should, because he's a comedian. Um, but yeah, overall, it's a nice film. It's a good film. Uh, go watch it again already. Um, it, it's it's not the best film ever. And I wouldn't even go as far as to say like it will be on my top 10. This is, I think this is one of those films where I'll watch it once and it'll be like, yeah, it's a good film and never return it back to it again. You know, there's a lot of films that are like that uh, where you just watch it once. You're like, yeah, I'll never watch it again. Uh, and I'm happy with it. Uh, so yeah, overall, I, I think this film and The Batman are like one of those films where I'm like, yeah, I'll just watch it once and never again. I know those are completely two different films. I'm well aware of that, but I'm just saying that. That's my overall thought on it. Where you watch it once and like, yeah, okay, I get it. Never again. Uh, the plot there's there's not much to the plot, so it's it's very easy to follow. It's it's there's not much to the plot, um, but yeah, overall nice, nice film, nice film. Hopefully, it gets individuals to watch Hindi uh, to watch Hindi films that not are just, that are, are not just action films, you know. So yeah, overall good. Overall good. Um, I think that's it for that topic. So let's get into my leaky pick, shall we? So each and every week, I, I just breeze past that, by the way. I just, I mean, I, I watched it and I didn't want to make it my leaky pick because there's another special, there's another thing that I really want to recommend for my leaky pick. Um, so yeah, so let's get into my leaky pick, shall we? So each and every week, I recommend a book, a piece of art, a film that I really enjoy that I think you guys will enjoy as well. This week, I'll be recommending a comedy special that was recently released on YouTube by a comedian who was on the Jimmy Fallon show last week. Or two weeks ago, I'm not, I don't remember, but she was on the Jimmy Fallon show. She performed. She had a good set, but the audience, for some reason, maybe it's the audio, maybe that's the reason. Maybe the mixing was not there. 
But for some reason, I, I, I didn't think that the audience really enjoyed her because I thought she was just hilarious. And I, I've been seeing her on TikTok and on Instagram, so I'm like, why not give the special a shot? And it's really good. So for my lucky pick this week, I'll be recommending Kelsey Cook's The Hustler. So if you guys don't know, Kelsey Cook, I think she's an L.A. comedian. I'm pretty sure she's an L.A. comedian. Um, recently released The Hustler on 800 Pound Gorilla's YouTube account. And it's a good special that lasts over like an hour or so. Um, and it's a, it's a nice special. It's a nice special. There's some great jokes in it. Uh, the, she starts off her special by talking about her divorce and how it happened right before the pandemic. And I thought that would just put things into a nice intro I, I just i just thought that was a nice way to introduce your special to really humanize yourself to really get people on your side uh and i thought that was just an extra way to handle it and to deliver it so the fact that she was able to openly talk about her divorce that was and make it funny more importantly i just thought that was very nice to see uh another joke that i really enjoyed was her wiki feet joke she has like a joke where she talked about like how like people like rate her wiki feet and now she's like she has a perfect rating on it uh, which I thought was nice. I thought that was a, a very nice joke. Uh, also, the joke where she goes out, I think this is like her closing bit or near her closing bit, where she talks about how uh, she like likes to hustle people from on the Vegas Strip by playing foosball and how she's like a world foosball champion and how she likes to like swindle men into like playing her in foosball and winning against them in foosball while putting money down. Great, great joke. I really enjoyed that joke. I, I thought this was a nice joke. If you enjoy comedy that's, I wouldn't say clean per se, but clean-ish, uh, you may enjoy this joke. You may enjoy the special because I do see like, and maybe this is just because of her affiliation with this person, but I do see a lot of Taylor Tomlinson in her. A lot of Taylor Thomas in her. I, I see a lot of Taylor Thomas in her. Uh, from her cadence to her inflections to her comedic timing, it reminds me a lot of Taylor Tomlinson. And that's not a bad thing. Obviously, I think she's friends with her. She's she's she ran a podcast with her like a few years ago. So it it's it's you can see why that there will be an influence on it. But overall, thought it was a nice special. Uh, there was a moment in the special where she talks about how she she flew to Dubai. Um, halfway through a special and she just got shouted on uh as like an escort which i thought was hilarious uh so go watch it for that uh go watch it for that reason where she she uh goes to dubai and she gets flown out there to meet an arab sheikh uh that story was very good and i thought that that very much humanized her so if you're going to um to see the special go go into like halfway through and, and watch it because it's really really good um I think she goes on for like 10, 15 minutes about it. Somewhere halfway around it. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, go watch it. Very, very funny. Very enjoyable. Uh, it's been a, a pretty good year for stand-up comedy. Uh, you had the Chris Rock special. You had Ari, uh, not Ari Shafir's, Andrew Santino special. Mark Maron special. It's been a pretty good year for stand-up. You just got to pick and choose the stand-up comedy that you want to see. I know people like to go hard on comedians a lot, you know, especially when they make poorly made specials. But there are a few diamonds in the rough. And I think... Kelsey Cook special is an example of a diamond in the rough. So go check it out. She's very funny. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So guys, I think that's it for the podcast for today. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, and click the bell icon for notifications down below. Make sure you follow me on my Instagram, Twitter, and, and TikTok at Tucker underscore at the end. Um, make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
Um, and last but not least, make sure you spread this through word of mouth, uh, through your text chains, through your group threads, group threat, group threat, treads, group threat, treads. Make sure you spread it through your group threat treads and through your text chains. I think it's very, very important to spread it through word of mouth to get more and more people involved. Investing in this podcast would be great. I don't know what I'll be talking about next week for my podcast. Who knows? Uh, maybe I will talk about more gay stuff like Tujuti Memakar. Or maybe I'll talk about uh, tennis, more tennis, uh, probably more tennis. I should probably talk more about tennis on this podcast. Uh, and maybe things outside of our political and societal realm, who knows, maybe talk about the bank collapse that happened last Thursday, last Friday, uh, and, and more about that. So guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys on Thursday. We'll talk more about things within our tennis world, but also talk about, talk about things within our, within our political and societal world as well. So guys, thank you so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you guys on Thursday. All right, guys, peace. See y'all.